0: We live in a world of unknowing, of secrets, of blindness, but what if you were to find out that the very earth was crumbling beneath your feet, even as we speak? What if I were to tell you that America had deep, dark secrets kept from the public since its inception? What if unexplained phenomena had already been explained thousands of years ago? From a supposed natural disaster to fabled UFOs, it's going to be brought into the light with the one single document that is a testament to the evidence of the future history of this planet. The End Time Tribune brings you the news of the coming apocalypse and casts light into the future darkness. Come and see. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the In Time Tribune. It is a blessing, an honor, and a privilege to be with you here tonight. We are your hosts, Brian Ingram, and I am Matthew Miller. Uh, this broadcast is literally, shall we say, in the nick of time. It was last night that I sent Brian some messages concerning temporeal seculars of time. I'll relate to you here in a few minutes just exactly how this comes about, but I want you to start thinking about these things and maybe searching them out while we play uh, a song as Brian and I both get ready because literally uh, we just jumped into the saddle. I want you to think about this. One of the basic principles of the Hebrew calendar is the observation that the sun, the earth, and the moon – come back into the same relative position every 19 years. A fact of astronomy. In one lunar month, the month rotates around the Earth. In one solar year, the Earth revolves around the Sun. But only once in every 19 years do they come back into the same precise conjunction. Thus, every 19 years or 235 months exactly. Exactly. The lunar cycle comes back into precise conjunction with the solar cycle. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we all know that God finished creation in six days. However, most people do not realize that is exactly 144 hours. When we think about what the Lord Christ the King said concerning time, he said, You cannot know the day, you cannot know the hour. When we think about that phrase, ladies and gentlemen, a day's basic secular is an hour. There's nothing more than an hour that can be fit into the temporal secular of a day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, when you do the same thing, Moving up the next secular of time, of course, there are seven days in one week. You cannot divide up a week into smaller incrementations. Can these things be put together? Do they correlate temporally with what is to come? We'll be right back after this short break. Ladies and gentlemen, this may very well have everything to do with what you know to be the Blood Moon Jubilee as well. Like I said, this is literally coming in at the last moment. So Brian and I need to prep for this show, get our links ready, gather our thoughts. As we do so, please think. About these things. What if we really are at key time? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the In Time Tribune uh, for this, what could be a most epic episode, I, I must say. We're going to talk about the 144-year cycle of what could be metatonic time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I usually give a brief overview of how the episode comes about, but not today. My mind is in such a whirlwind that I'm just going to have Brian relate to you, how I relate it to him. All I kind of remember is I got up at 2 o'clock in the morning because, well, things were just bothering me. Uh, so uh, Brian, why you to you just jump right in here and uh, describe how I described it to you and how this episode come to be exactly, please. Ah, yes, I'm so frazzled. I forgot to hit Brian's talk button, uh ladies and gentlemen, like i said i am i am frazzle brained uh Brian needs to relate to you the the events that led up to this show uh sorry about that, Brian, man, I haven't done that in years uh so sorry for that i do I do apologize but uh please inform the listener about this uh episode and the events leading up to thereof.
1: All right, well, here's how this all started. Um, Rather major news release came out this week. You know what to look for. Uh, This is out of the Jerusalem Post. uh, Posted on the 14th of this month, over 100 members of Indian lost Jewish tribe to make Aliyah this week. 30 members of India's Bene Menashe Jewish community were set to land in Israel on Tuesday evening, the first in a group of 102 due to immigrate to Israel this week, the Aliyah being facilitated by the Jewish-based nonprofit organization Shavai Israel, which works to strengthen ties between Jewish people and descendants of Jews around the world. The 102 new immigrants... Arriving this week, all hail from the northeastern Indian state of Mizoram, which borders on Myanmar and Bangladesh, and is home to the second-largest concentration of Benayi Menashe in India after the state of Manipur. This week's Aliyah marks the first time since January 2014 that Benayi Menashe will be immigrating from Mizoram. The Olim plan to make their homes in Nazareth, Following in the footsteps of other members of the B'nai Benashet community, among those arriving this week is Miriam Sharon and her two children. Sharon, Sharon's husband, Shomeron, died two weeks ago after a long battle with cancer. My children and I are heartbroken that their father didn't live to see his dream of making Aliyah come true," said Sharon. But we are excited to make this journey and honor his legacy by building our new lives in the Jewish homeland. And I am sure that he will be with us in spirit with every step that we are to take on the holy soil of Israel. Javai Israel's founder and chairman, Michael Prune, said this week's arrival marks the launch of Operation Menashe Seventeen. Over the course of the coming year, with God's help, we will bring a total of more than 700 Bnei Menashe immigrants to Israel, the largest ever airlift in a single year, Froon added. After 27 centuries of exile, this lost tribe of Israel is truly coming home. But we will not rest until all the remaining Bnei Menashe, still in India, are able to make Aliyah as well. The claim of the Bnei Menashe is descendants of the tribe of Manasseh, Exiled from the land of Israel more than 2,700 years ago by the Assyrian Empire, has stirred controversy in Israel over the years. Chief Rabbi initially did not consider the Bene Menashe to be Jewish, and their immigration was halted at the beginning of the 21st century amid contention. But in 2005, then Sephardi Chief Rabbi Shlomo Amar formally recognized the Bene Menashe as Descendants of one of the lost 10 tribes, though still requiring them to convert to Judaism. In 2012, the government lifted a freeze on Aliyah from the community, and so far, some 3,000 B'nai Menashe have made Aliyah with assistance of Shavai Israel. According to the organization, another 7,000 B'nai Menashe remain in India. So, folks, if you didn't gather what it is saying, Manasseh is coming home to Israel, and there's been actually, I would have to suspect the reason this um, ban from them traveling was lifted was due to the genetic testing that had taken place over the last few years here that showed that definitely Manasseh was here in India. And you've also got, within the Pakistan people in Pakistan, you have Ephraim and Manasseh are also in those groups in Pakistan as well. So, this is really big news. And yet, Matthew managed to stumble onto this interesting little cycle from the captivity when the Assyrian invaded and brought those tribes into captivity. Going into 144 times 19 to give you that exact year time frame. So we've got quite a few rather interesting things somehow tied up in this.
0: That's right, Brian, we do, because ladies and gentlemen, I I couldn't understand why I'd gotten up in the middle of the night and why this article that Brian sent me bothered me so much. I'm, I really don't know how to relay this outside of the context and the controlled environment of the Holy Spirit. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I am a biblical mechanic by definition. I don't think with the alphabet, and I don't think with numbers... I think alphanumerically. This is what was drilled in me since birth. So as I'm turning these things over in my mind, I want to find out what the correlation of what this could possibly be. Because the children of Israel have been promised scripturally they will be offered highways home prophetically, of course, that extenuates out to the bride of Christ herself. So I am confounded by my thoughts, and it wakes me up in the middle of the night, uh, which probably has most you as well as I at a loss. How could I have been calculating these things in my mind as I slept? But then it hit me. It said that they started their journey home on this highway in 2014. I know that 2014 would put them very close to the event horizon once you add 721, of course the rise of the Assyrian invading, that would put that date very, very, very close. If you calculate it, uh, just using our calendar, of course, you come up with 2,735 uh, uh, years. And in the back of my mind, that was eating at me because I, I, I know that number because it, it – <sighs> let me explain it to you like this. I have a note with all of the multiples of 144 up to 12,000. I have had this since I was 13. So those particular numbers are in my subconscious. They they you cannot get them out. When I see certain numbers, I know that pathway. It creates a pathway in my mind, and I look at it, I I I Interpret it both uh, linguistically as well as mathematically. So eventually I got to that list, and the one of the multiples of 144 is, of course, 2736. And I said, well, okay, well, let me get out the calculator and, you know, divide that. This is a multiple of 144, but I need to know what. And I look at it on my phone because I'm I'm outside because I have to work out of town, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Monday through Friday. Uh, So I have to spend, you know, half the week away from my family. So I'm in the hotel, so I'm walking around out in the parking lot my spirit trying to come to grips with the alphanumerical information that, you know, Brian has presented to me. So I get my phone and pull up the calculator on it and I you know, well what is uh you know two thousand seven hundred and thirty six divided by one forty four? What what is it? And I just sit there and looked at it and I <laughs> As the Lord is my witness, I couldn't process it, so I I switched the phone off, shoved it back in my pocket, walked around some more, went back up to my laptop, and I said, "Let me do this on the laptop's calculator." And I, I did it. You know, I I know the numbers off the top of my head. You know, two thousand seven hundred thirty-six. Is a multiple of 144. Divide that by 144. What do you get? And it came up 19. And the thing about it is is that the desk in the hotel room is directly in front of the window, and I had the window open. And as this occurred to me, I looked up, and right there was the moon staring me at the face. And it just – it overwhelmed me, ladies and gentlemen, because that is the metatonic cycle. That's a cycle of 19 years uh so it's 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 overwhelming when I know all the backdrop of information this comes uh uh from a greco astronomer this comes from a greco mathematician okay ladies and gentlemen and and why that sticks in my mind is very important because <sighs> meton introduced this. in the year 432 B.C. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Brian and I have shared this with you before, but please know and understand that the circle of the earth could only be perfectly calculated by knowing in your heart that It's not set off of 360 degrees. It's set off of 432. Ladies and gentlemen, when you take the sphere of the earth and know that it is 21,600 nautical miles, you realize in your mind that when you set that to a compass comprised of 432 degrees, you get exactly 50 nautical miles in one degree. Brian and I have taught you this many times, many times. This is how and this is why the 144 is an integral integer and why God tells you this explicitly, that that comprises of one-third of the heavens. So all these things are trying to be processed by my little bitty brain. But ladies and gentlemen, this, this metatonic cycle was introduced... Uh, By the Greek astronomer uh, Meton in 432 BC. Let me explain it to you, uh, and I'll try to not be frazzle brained, okay? I will just read this from the Wikipedia article. Um, For astronomy and calendar studies, the Metatonic cycle is a period very close to 19 years that is remarkable for being nearly a common multiple of the solar year and the synodic, or the lunar, month. The Greek astronomer Meton of Athens observed that a period of 19 years is almost exactly equal to 235 synodic months. Rounded to full days counts for 6,940 days. The difference between the two periods of 19 years and or 235 synodic months is only a few hours, depending on your definition of a year. Okay. Taking this into account, I knew this story. I knew this from history. Okay? My Sunday school teachers taught me this for a reason. They wanted me to know everything about it, uh, uh, how it's devised. So you understand that this is everything he did. He was taking hours... Putting them into days, putting those days into weeks, and correlating them with the precise location of when this magical window of time occurs when the sun comes back into the precise location in conjunction with where the moon had been. This occurs every 19 years, okay? So considering a year to be 119th of this uh, 6,940 day cycle gives a year length of. 365.25 days, okay, uh, 176th of a day. The unrounded cycle is a more accurate measure, uh, which is about 11 days more uh, than 12 synodic months. So to keep a 12-month lunar cycle in pace with the solar year, they would have to add a 13th month. Okay, on seven occasions during this 19 year period. Okay, so literally, this equation is 235 is equal to 19 times 12 plus 7. When Meton introduced the cycle around 432 BC, it was already known by the Babylonian astronomers. Mechanical computation of this cycle. Ladies and gentlemen, is why the Antikyra uh, mechanism was made that everybody knows about. Um, it's it's that famous world's first computer. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm my mind is working faster than my mouth. Okay, so. With that in mind, please do a search on that mechanism, okay? Uh, That's how they made it. Um, But anyway, this cycle was used in the Babylonian uh, calendar. The ancient Chinese calendar system, that's called the rule cycle, and the medieval uh, computus, uh, i.e. the calculation for the date of Easter, it regulates the 19-year cycle on the modern Hebrew calendar. The start of the the metatonic cycle depends on which of these systems is being used for Easter the first year of the current metatonic cycle is 2014. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord is my God. I didn't know that last sentence was in this Wikipedia article. But, ladies and gentlemen, you heard Brian read from that article. The first time these Jews were offered their highway home was in 2014. Now, this is all being dumped into my mind at the last moment. So I'm sorry if I'm a little bit overwhelmed. And when I'm overwhelmed, I tend to get mean. I, 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 I tend to act like a teacher. Well, let me rephrase that. An instructor. I mean, uh, Brian is first and foremost to know that under such occasions, uh, when I need you to understand what the facts of the matter are, i really become more of a drill sergeant and less of a Sunday school teacher. So I'm going to try to regulate my intensity. Um, but this is the truth. I didn't know that last sentence was in there. I mean, I, I don't use... Wikipedia. The only reason why I even know about Wikipedia is because of our sister, Dorit. She loves to use it, so I interact with it sometimes, and then uh, uh, so I got in contact with my Jewish friends, and and when I see that that things are wrong, uh, pertaining to the Bible or time, I will pass it along to them, and they will edit the page uh, for the Bride of Christ um, as a favor, as a personal favor to me, uh, because I have not only uh, labored in their individual households, I have labored in their individual synagogues, uh, 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 you know, replacing tiles on the floor, fixing the furnace. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, I had no idea that last sentence was there. And how could this possibly relate to this article that just came out? But this is my point. I know my history, and I know that uh, many people are in consternation as to when the rise of the Assyrian event occurred. There is basically – basically you can get scholars to say anywhere from 721 to 719, some of them even earlier. And I realized in my mind as Brian and I talked with this today… God had confused it by one of his laborious weeks. He was confusing this by seven years of time. Now, you all have heard Brian talk publicly about all the consternation that comes into direct focus around 12 BC. Also, there's major consternation involved with this very event, the rise of the Assyrians. And his invasion of the beautiful land. So I need to take a deep breath, not only not only physically, but but mentally and spiritually for a minute, uh, because I, like I said, I need to try to regulate my spirit, or I'll become overwhelming and and come across to everybody as a drill instruct you know uh, drill instructor. You know, for the Marines or the Army or whatever, and I don't want to come across that way because this is very important information for you to understand. It would be biblically sound or beautiful, shall we say, for the end of days to begin off of 144… Metatonic cycles from when the Assyrian invaded the beautiful land the first time. So finding this date of when he invaded is very critical, but you're setting in it right now. The earliest date that you add… This 2,736 fold of time with the 144-year metatonic cycle brings you to 2014, and I just explained to you how it could be a window of 144 hours that God labored and was finished with creation… That's six days. You translate that to six years. We have a window of six years here. And count them on the fingers. You've got 2014, 2015, 2016. It means we're down to a four-year window. It means we're right on top of this. Let us consider When did the Israelis retake that foundation stone? Ah, yes, 1973. I haven't looked at it. But I got a gut feeling it's important, and I think somebody should do so as quickly as possible. Brian, please come in here and give me a break, uh, and let me calm down for a minute, and let me – Process everything uh, that you read in that article. And let us remember, ladies and gentlemen, that it was the tribe of Manasseh and Manasseh alone that dwelt on both sides of the Jordan. Let us remember that. Now, Brian needs to come in here and, and... Look, ladies and gentlemen, as I was typing up this episode. I mean I was scrambling to find a good picture to include uh in this episode, trying to schedule it. And Brian just randomly comes up with Jeremiah chapter fifteen. And I there is no reason for me to to mince words with you the listener. I have no idea how he come up with this chapter uh but I think it's very important, so uh, Brian, please jump in here and give me a break and just just try to um at least translate my thoughts to everybody about this and your thoughts, uh, because I think that if we get your conclusions with with this massive amount of information that's been delivered, I think we can pull that into a conclusive conclusion about these things. Brian
1: Well, I mean, point out a couple of things here real quick concerning it. This calendar as far as how it's reckoned within the Jewish calendar, the luna uh, lunisolar structure, the Jewish calendar is starting here at the beginning the calendar, Jewish calendar is lunis luna solar Example, regulated by the position of both the moon and sun, it consists usually of 12 alternating lunar months of 29 and 30 days each, except for Heshvan and Kislev, which sometimes have either 29 or 30 days and totals of 353, 354, or 355 days per year. Everybody take note of the 10-day difference of the standard solar calendar of 365. The average lunar year 354 days is adjusted to the solar lunar year of 365.25 days by the periodic introduction of leap years in order to assure that the major festivals will fall in their proper season. Leap year consists of an additional 30-day month called First Adar, which always precedes the second month of second Adar, a leap year consists of either 383, 384, or 385 days and occurs seven times during every 19-year period. So uh, out of 19 years, this occurs seven times, leaving 12 years in which it doesn't, folks. The so-called metonic cycle. All right, among the consequences of the lunar-solar structure are these, the number of days in a year may vary considerably from 353 to 385 days. The first day of a month can fall on any day of the week, that day varying from year to year. Consequently, the days of the week upon which an annual Jewish festival falls vary from year to year despite the festival's fixed position in the Jewish month. Now, everybody, when exactly did this last one this 19 year cycle take place and this took me a long time because the internet wanted to play games and not give me the exact date well here it is let's see here the last cycle had begun in the jewish year 5758 which is in our calendar is october 2nd of 1997 the current year the 14th year of the cycle is completed in the 29th of Elul, 5776, or 2nd October, 2016. Well, what does that equate to on the Jewish calendar, everybody? Well, at that night, when the sun falls, Rosh Hashanah began. So you had this deadpan right on Rosh Hashanah. Let's uh, bring up Jeremiah 15. Because while we were prepping, like Matthew brought up, I did a little search, because everybody there with the fact alone that you have 10 days coming up with that differential of a possibility of a 10-day difference between the solar and the lunar year, with the 355 and the 365, the first thing that came to my mind automatically was Ahaz's 10 steps at the time of Hezekiah, which also coincided with what? Sennacherib's invasion, the Assyrian captivity. It all keeps circling around time and time again. Well, we need to remember that Hezekiah also had a son named Manasseh. If you stroll over to Jeremiah 15, start here uh, with the third verse and we'll work down to verse 9. I will appoint over them four kinds of destroyers. Actually, no, I'm going to go up into... The first verse because this kind of coincides with something else folks that we've been talking about for weeks on end all right starting in the first verse then the lord said to me though moses and samuel stood before me yet my heart would not turn toward this people send them out of my sight and let them go and when they ask you where shall we go you shall say to them thus says the lord those who are for pestilence to pestilence those who are for sword to the sword Those who are for famine to famine, and those who are for captivity to captivity. I will appoint over them four kinds of destroyers, declares the Lord. The sword to kill, the dogs to tear, and the birds of the air, and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. And I will make them a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth, because of what Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem. Who will have pity on you, O Jerusalem? Or who will grieve for you? Who will turn aside to ask about your welfare? You have rejected me, declares the Lord. You keep going backward, so I have stretched out my hand against you and destroyed you. I am weary of relenting. I have winnowed them with a winnowing fork in the gates of the land. I have bereaved them. I have destroyed my people. They did not turn from their ways. I have made their widows more in number than the sands of the sea. I have brought against the mothers of young men a destroyer at noonday. I have made anguish and terror fall upon them suddenly. Now pay attention to this verse, everybody, at the end of the stanza in verse 9. She who bore seven has grown feeble. She has fainted away. Her son Went down while it was yet day. I'm going to stop. Go back there, everybody. Look at how sun is spelled. It's not S-O-N. It's S-U-N. Went down while it was yet day. She has been shamed and disgraced. And the rest of them I will give to the sword before their enemies declares the Lord. I mean, this is a little peculiar, everybody. She has bore seven. Who have grown feeble, she has fainted away. Her son. And that verse has always stood out to me. And I always went. Why in the world is that spelled S-U-N right there? Sun went down while well, it was yet day. I'll let you chime back in here, Matthew.
0: Well, because you are forced to think about this biblically. Ladies and gentlemen, you are told about a day such as was just described, but how many of you have put two and two together? And, And I mean that how many of you, including Brian and I? Because this prophecy, of course, about the moon being brighter, the sun, look, this is absolutely prophetic, uh, what Brian is talking about. And this prophecy is important. It absolutely uh, blows my mind that we have never uh, put two and two together with the scripture, and 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 this is important. It's absolutely important. I mean, this is straight from a prophecy that Brian and I have talked about many times. I mean, everybody uh, knows about Isaiah chapter 30, what it says there, the, the strange things about the sun, what happens to the moon uh, on this day. And, it's absolutely off the chart that, that this was staring us in the face for thousands of years. God wrote this thousands of years ago. Okay, but when you look uh, at that prophecy and, and everything uh, involved here, it, it, it is overwhelming uh, what is being talked about in this prophecy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's off the charts. I mean, uh, this is – off the charts. When you think about Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 26, and my mind is just running 144 million miles an hour as I even think about it as I contemplate both the Hebrew and the Greek linguistically and alphanumerically. But anyway, I I, I will – tell you what it says. The light of the moon will be as light of the sun and the light of the sun will be seven times brighter. Like the light of seven days on the day the Lord binds up the fracture of his people and heals the bruise of the afflicted. Uh, Everything considering this, everything around uh, this prophecy, uh, and it is overwhelming for me to uh, calculate. It's, it's absolutely off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. It is incredibly uh, prophetic. And let me say this. You heard Brian say that this last cycle was in 1997. I know 1997, and I know the sign of the capricious suns. Okay, I I don't... I don't have to pull notes. I I don't... I know what happened in 1997. Uh, Most particularly in the month of February that year. Okay, because uh, there was conjunction of Venus and Neptune... In in Capricorn, okay. Venus and Jupiter, okay. Uh, uh, on the fifth, let's see. Uh, on the seventh, uh, it was Venus and Uranus. Uh, then Mercury and Neptune. Uh, on on what? Yeah, that was the seventh. Mercury and Uranus, and Jupiter and Mercury. Both those conjunctions were on the twelfth um, Jupiter near Uranus was on the sixteenth of the seventeenth i i am not joking with you. you need to get uh uh the information uh and and realize that uh, uh of course one of the conjunction uh the one with Mercury and neptune uh, Neptune of course uh happened right there at the center of the galaxy. Now, at that time, of course, the uh, solar wind, or the interstellar wind, its origin was right there at that conjunction. Now that's not the case, as Brian and I have both shared with you. The origin of the interstellar wind has moved north across the ecliptic into the sign of the restrainer, Ophiuchus. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please just look up 1997, February, and the conjunctions that month with Jupiter and everything else in the sign of the capricious suns. That's, that's Capricorn. I, once again, I need to regulate myself to make sure I don't come across as a drill instructor for this information, because I know it can be overwhelming. So, with everything that Brian just said, it it lends credence uh, to their seculars of time uh, that they've come up with. And and Brian sent uh, me a a really good link about this. Uh, It would seem that somebody has put this... uh, Pretty well together. Um, the name of the article is Leviticus 23 Feast Dates and the Second Coming. Now, I'm not sure; I haven't familiarized myself with this, but, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is pretty important. Um, like I said. As far as things go, let's see, I'm being brought up to speed. Even as I speak, Brian said, here is a better link. Let me paste and go on that. Okay. Uh, This is from a biblioscope. Uh, The name of the article is The Calendar Cycle View. And it seems like it it, it starts out with the uh, first silver uh, moon uh, becoming visible uh, after the dark of the moon in ancient times. I know exactly what they're talking about because I know exactly what uh, the Zadakim tried to uh, focus their time, what what you call in the New Testament, uh, the Sadducees. They were uh, actually in Hebrew… Uh, That is a wordplay off of, of course, the promise made to the sons of Zadok. So in Hebrew, they're called the Zadokim, but we pronounce that uh, from the New Testament translation of the Sadducees, um, which this, of course, plays back into isochronal eschatology and the invasion of Titus, uh, wiping out the Sadducees. They ceased to exist in 70 AD. Uh, so this is this is pretty important stuff, and it's pretty overwhelming uh, even for me to, to realize that we could be in a window of opportunity that three years have already expired out of. But it doesn't matter. It brings us to that infamous date that Brian and I have talked to you all about so much anyway. This this window of opportunity of a uh, 2020, uh, 2021 on our calendar. Uh, This is deadpanning right there. And thinking back and remembering all of the celestial signs that occurred uh, back in February of 1997 uh, absolutely blows me away. My goodness, I was just a kid. And I wish I could have seen all the way to this conversation because I could have correlated this data and put it into hard copy and have it sitting in front of me. Off the charts, uh, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely off the charts what we're trying to relay to you. And and please remember that this is why when Noah got off the ark there in Genesis chapter 8, God told him there were six seasons, not four. The reason why he did this was because of the Metatonic cycle, because, ladies and gentlemen, in one month, the faithful witness only shows its face 29 and a half days. So, A full cycle according to full days is 59 days. That's two months. In two months, you get a full two witnesses. This is what you're supposed to set the Sabbath on, not what Tom, Dick, Harry, not what the calendar says, not what the Jewish rabbis say. No, 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 no. It's based off when you cite the new moon. That's when time begins again. So with this in mind, uh, this, uh, of course, directly correlates um, with the book of Jeremiah, chapter 28, because there we're told some pretty important things concerning uh, this lunar cycle. There is one phrase there, and I'm not going to talk about uh, the biblical mechanics, but just try to understand this, that, that, that this is not just in the Bible or Jeremiah or the Old Testament or the prophets randomly. Okay, um, This is important when this prophet uh, did some things he was not supposed to do. Uh, Things went awry, but at at any rate, starting in verse 13 of Jeremiah chapter 28. Go and speak to Hananiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, you have broken the yokes of wood, but you have made instead of them yokes of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And they will serve him. And I have also given him the beast of the field. Then Jeremiah the prophet said to Hananiah the prophet Listen now, Hananiah. The Lord has not sent you. You have made this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I'm about to remove you from the face of the earth. This year, you are going to die because you have counseled rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died in the same year, in the seventh month. The reason why the Lord your God wanted to see that In this same year, in the seventh month, ladies and gentlemen, in seven months, there is exactly three and a half cycles of this 59 days. This is prophetically telling you and advising you exactly what's going to happen to, of course, the Assyrian false prophet. That is to come. This is prophetically. He's speaking it prophetically to you so that you will understand the 3.5, the 3.5, the 42 months, the 1,260 days. So with all this information involved, you have to understand how God sees time. God really don't care what your calendar says. And he never did. He never did. He 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 don't look at it. He requireth not its counsel. Monday is when he says it is. And he really don't say when Monday is, ladies and gentlemen, because he really don't care. Everything is set upon his sabbaticals. That's it. He really don't care about anything else. And he's told you that. Like 144 million times in the Bible, God's holy word. I mean, he said it that many times out of one side of his mouth, out of the Hebrew. He has said it an equally amount of times out of the other side of his mouth, which is the Greek. So... Brian, let me ask you this. How did you even stumble across uh, this bit of news that Manasseh was making a journey to the beautiful land on this um, newly provided highway? I don't see this being in the mainstream news, so how did you even stumble across this? Can, Can you at least tell me that?
1: I guess, making matters worse. I don't even recall stumbling onto it in the first place. (laughs) I'm double-checking if I sent this stuff to you in the week here. Because, I mean, I've got news feeds coming in from Jerusalem Post and quite a few different things on my different news sources on the social network. I use that more for news than I use it for anything else. Well, I see. <laughs>
0: so that's just amazing. So now we can't even figure out how we found the article. Um, let's go ahead and take a break, Brian, and let's regroup, gather our thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you'd like to find us, uh, we're on Twitter, In Time Tribune, pretty easy to find. Uh, we're, of course, on the social networking site. I'm doing a lot more engaging uh, here. Uh, as of late, pretty easy to find. Just look for uh, In Time Tribune. You'll find me. I've also just uh, uh, created a page for that today. Uh, had, oh, I can't remember. I think uh, uh, 136 um, likes in uh, the first 24 hours. So that's, you know, that's uh, pretty good. But we are Matthew Miller and Brian Ingram, your host. And uh, if you have any questions uh, concerning the Bible, uh, do not hesitate uh, to uh, send us your questions. Now, I did get a question today um, that had nothing to do with the Scripture whatsoever, um, which, which is fine. Uh, but my response to that person uh, was those terms are not in the Bible. Therefore, I can't help you. Um, I mean, there was no reason uh, for me to, uh, you know, mislead him into thinking that I was going to, uh, you know, uh, advise him about these things. Uh, Those are matters of theology, and uh, I really don't care uh, about, uh, you know, what the church calls uh, modality and sodality. Uh, And just so you all know, yes, of course I know them, yes, of course I've studied them. That is basically uh, the modality is how the local church is to be organized, and the uh, sodality is how the greater church is supposed to be organized on top of that. No, those things don't exist. That's only in theology. That's not in the Bible. Uh, The Bible gives you one set of rules. And there is no separation between the local church and the greater church. They all abide by the exact same biblical criteria. So please don't send me questions about that. Um, I just told him, no, I can't help you with your uh, academic uh, theology classes. It's got nothing to do with the Bible. Those two terms are not biblical in their origin. So... uh Please keep your questions regulated to the facts of the matter that you might find in the Bible, God's holy word. Now, you can ask us, of course, questions uh, about history, uh, isochronal eschatology, uh, uh, biblical mechanics, alphanumerics, uh, any of the end-time entities, uh You know, case in point, uh, the woman or the dragon uh, or the groups of 144,000 or uh, the spirit of the Antichrist or the false prophet. Uh, You can ask us any of those questions and we will uh, bend over backwards to get you the facts, both in Hebrew and Greek, if that's what you require. Um, But please don't you know, send us theological questions. Um, we're not trying to be mean to you. Uh, you know, I would love to help you all at an academic level uh, as long as it is pertaining to exactly what God said in the Bible, God's holy word. Uh, then I will help you out, not about things that are not in the Biblio DCSE. Uh, So we're not trying to be uh, 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 mean or rude uh, if we don't ask uh, those questions about such things. But um, you can find us on on Facebook and uh, send us a friend request. Uh, We'd be happy to interact with you uh, privately if need be. I had six or seven chats open today at one time uh, chatting with uh, most particularly a person uh, in India. Uh, two in Pakistan, and the rest was here in the United States. So uh, I was literally going beyond uh, my my ability to uh, try to get them what they needed. It took a little bit longer uh, than I would have liked, but that's what the Brian and I are willing to do. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. We're going to regroup. Um, And this is in honor of a a picture that was posted by one of my friends on the social networking uh, site. Uh, She posted a picture that said uh, that she was so happy uh, that Jesus was, in fact, the king. And, of course, I put in there, he reigns. Ah, yes. He reigns, baby. He reigns. Make no mistakes about it. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is a matter of fact. You better brace for impact. We'll be right back after this short
2: break. But the one who sent him
0: You're listening to the End Time Tribune, where we loudly proclaim the coming of Christ the King. And I shall tell you why.
2: Because he reigns, baby! He (sighs) reigns!
0: back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Intime Time Tribune. Uh, Brian, why don't you just jump right in here and discuss uh, the current events of late that's been taking place and uh, your thoughts, and I mean your personal thoughts, as to how close we may very well be to the end of days. Uh, just be quite candid with everybody. Uh, let's just talk about it.
1: I guess that's dependent on what directions we want to go in this. Um, You know, we've been warning people here to keep an eye out for this rise of nationalism. And obviously, we saw it happen pretty full force here in the United States after this, uh, well, during the phase, not me let Let me not mince words concerning what's happening as we speak. It started rising as the election cycle was going on, and it got fairly out of control. Um, This last couple of weeks, I believe it's in Sweden and in France now, we have another one of these leaders rising to the forefront. And with this going hand in hand, this is causing a divide across the land in many nations, while these actions of these uh, nationalist movements are stirring up in these places it's causing a divide between the people and that's one thing we've warned people to watch out for is you know civil war to be flaring up in these varied places and by all appearances we could be on the cusp of something such as that um you know i mean the fact is is that we were planning on covering news in the episode coming up tomorrow so I didn't want to go too deeply into those areas. I mean, we've had some varied reports throughout the week of varied odds and ends, but I think one of the biggest ones to point out now, as we're talking about this very topic, especially bringing up Manasseh, we referred to Ephraim earlier. um, Pakistan has been under attack by ISIS several times throughout the week, and I've got a um, friend in Pakistan that has kind of brought this to my attention as he's been posting the things happening right in his own town where these major bombings have been taking place. So, you know, folks, keep those people in your prayers out there. Um, I was just kind of going through some stuff here in the background that kind of pertain more or less to the topic at hand. Because I think they kind of crisscross in a rather bizarre in almost ironic way. I had uh, made mention earlier in the week on the social network after Matthew posted the story about Manasseh coming back, and obviously there was a few questions for those that weren't familiar with the fact that they located Ephraim and Manasseh in India and Pakistan. This is kind of new material for some people to, you know, become aware of all of a sudden as they release this. And I made mention of a rather peculiar little uh, Middle Ages story that in essence actually becomes quite important once you understand the particulars of this. And for those of you that by chance uh, were paying attention to and watched the um, two seasons of the Netflix series from Marco Polo, you would have become acquainted with this guy. In unfortunately the last season, because it's now been canceled due to the fact that, well, it's the most uh, expensive television production ever made and they can't afford it no longer. So they left you hanging with this infamous character, sort of all of a sudden coming to the forefront named Prester John. And this is, as I stated, it's a Middle Ages story that came out. Um, essentially, this guy was a king over 72 regions. And, you know, there was quite a bit of controversy as to where in the heck this was at. You know, they slid between India and Ethiopia, but Ethiopia can easily be canceled out due to the fact that it lists something in the story that is only indigenous to one place in the world. And, folks, you should be familiar with Black Pepper. It comes from India, and it's in this story. Now how did this become important? Well, like I said, for one, it points out he's a descendant of the Magi. Secondly, it gives you the fact that he was they were within walking distance of only a couple in two to three days from the location of Eden, which if people watched the video I pointed out was in Pakistan and obviously it didn't exactly catch on to anybody's attention, but here's another uh what would you call it confirmation once again on what i pointed out there but lastly on top of it it points out the lost 10 tribes in association with this uh legend of prester john so you know i think it's rather interesting that lo and behold all of a sudden this is coming up in the news and matthew ties this correlation into it with uh 144 cycles of 19 years with the Metonic cycle, and you get pointed at Manasseh in India. Like I said, lo and behold, you've got the Magi suddenly screaming into the mix as well. Not to mention, like I said before, Eden staring you right in the face. That's right.
0: And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's talk about this description that Brian read to us from this article because you need to understand about the Shemna Mehu barit. You need to understand that a year with 13 months is referred to by the Orthodox rabbis in this way. Literally, ladies and gentlemen, that means a pregnant year and there's seven of them in a metatonic cycle and you just have to realize the ramifications of this And, and how did Brian stumble upon Jeremiah chapter 15 concerning this because listen to what he brought to your attention it, it, it's it it's very serious uh he he brought up to you this this correlation that at one point if you're reading it to someone and they're listening to it they don't understand that he switches between s u n and s o n and why refers to as 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 her Let's read that one more time, and let's think about that. During the Metatonic cycle of 19 years, there are seven years that, biblically speaking, we call those pregnant years for seven of them. Listen to this one more time. She who bore seven sons pines away, her breathing is labored, her son has set while it was yet day. She has been shamed and humiliated, so I will give over their survivors to the sword before their enemies declares the Lord. Now, this on top of other prophecies that, that speak this way, uh... You know, about these particular uh, things, ladies and gentlemen. I've already brought up to you uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 30, verse 26, which, by the way, just so you all know, I'm not going to jump into uh, the biblical mechanics of that, but ladies and gentlemen, that very verse has 144 in it, just so you know. But you have to understand that, that this is uh, also uh, – this type of language is also in Amos chapter 8 and verse 9, which you've heard Brian and I talk about so many times. Uh, of course, the New American Standard Bible puts it this way. will come about in that day, declares the Lord, that I will make the sun go down at noon and make the earth dark in broad daylight. This chapter, this verse that Brian has brought to our attention, I, I don't want to dive into the biblical mechanics of it or the alphanumerics of it, but I just wanted to bring that to your attention uh, that the Jews call this year, these, these seven years that occurred uh, during this 19-year metatonic cycle… They call those pregnant months or pregnant years, Uh, and when you read Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 9, it is obviously speaking of her as if she is in labor, but then it says, so I will give over their survivors, making you sure, sure that you understand. That her is referring to a group of people. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know why in this very vicinity, Brian points out that Isis has been hammering them for some reason. And prophetically, let me remind you that the Lord your God wants you to every way, shape, and form make you realize that the entire earth has become Egypt. We are all slaves to this fiat system of currency. And ladies and gentlemen, that being the case, you have to realize that Isis was the bride of Osiris, which is beyond in the shadow of a doubt, historically and archaeologically speaking, the Egyptian version, the Assyrian. This deity is always portrayed as a bird of prey with great wings. Of course, how did the Assyrians themselves do it? Of course, it is the winged disc with the false prophet displayed in it. Of course, there. What's the next time with Antiochus Epiphanes? What did he march into the temple carrying? Of course, it was the Roman standard.
2: You do realize
0: that he was over the dynasty, over the land of the midst of the rivers. What was the top of that standard, ladies and gentlemen? Of course, it was the bird of prey. You fast forward to the next time this comes around the ride, and Titus had had enough. What is it that he marched into the temple bearing on the top of his standard? Ah, yes, the exact representation of Asher. in mind we may be looking down the barrel of something you know we all want to look down the timeline and see the future what if it's not a timeline what if we're staring down a barrel and the Assyrian is getting ready to pull the trigger Ladies and gentlemen, I would like all of you to, uh, if these things have stirred you, to consider uh, my very first post on the Idden Time Tribune uh, blog spot. You know, everybody runs around talking about this year, but are you aware that alphanumerically speaking, the year this year, 5777 occurs in the masoretic text exactly 50 times exactly 50 times and as far as the torah is concerned i want you to think about this that that number occurs twice in one verse Numbers chapter 18 verse 8. It's in there two different ways. It's important that you understand what's going on during this year. Let me just read a basic overview from that blog that I posted. The the, name of the post is 5777 in the Bible, part 1, the law. June 7th Twenty-seventeenth will be the 50th anniversary of the israelis reclaiming the temple mount leviticus 25 verses 10 through 11 states that the year of jubilee occurs in the 50th year august the 29th 2017 will be the 120th anniversary of the first zionist congress you and i have heard brian speak of this many times In Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, God stated that man's years would be 120. On November the 2nd of 2017 will be the 100th anniversary of the Balfour Declaration. Genesis 21, verse 5 states emphatically that Abraham was 100 years old when the seed of the promise was born. On November 29, 2017 will be the 70th anniversary of the United Nations vote to establish a Jewish promised land in Israel. Psalm 90, verse 10 states that a generation is normally 70 years long. Jeremiah 29, 10 states that the children of Israel would be in captivity for 70 years, and they were. On December the twenty-third, twenty sixteen, a complete Nine month birthing cycle before the wondrous sign of Revelation 12 occurs, the United Nations Security Council passed Resolution 2334, thereby dividing the land into the promise and non promise parcels. These temporal seculars are real. They occur this year. These are the facts. That 5777 is alphanumerically in the Masoretic text 50 times. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that on top of the simple fact that we don't exactly know when the Assyrian invaded the beautiful land. The historians basically juggle around a six-year window of time. But this window of time, you're in the middle of it right now. So... I'm going to pass this back to Brian. Maybe he can make sense of all these things happening now. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a video posted on the YouTube channel. You very well may want to look at it. Um, The name of the video is The Sign of Revelation 12 Occurs in 2017. It's got 117,000 views. You need to understand that what we've all talked and what I just spoke, just will come out of my mouth, that God is desperately trying to tell you in the Bible, God's holy word, everybody's in Egypt right now. You're all slaves to this system. That is why the sign that occurs on September the 23rd this year it doesn't create any sort of crown on the woman's head. It creates a Uraus crown. And I wish we could have on David Roll to bring everybody up to speed and to explain to them what a uraeus crown is. Because it is only found in the land of Egypt. Nowhere else. Back to you. Uh, your thoughts on all of this mess of time, shall we say?
1: Well, mess of time is an understatement when you're dealing with historical chronologies. And we were talking about this earlier, and I I told Matthew flat out I'm not even going to attempt to try to get into the chronologies and find the exact year for this. Because it just can be such an absolute mess. Once you stroll forward into the Persian and Mead timeline, time goes completely into absolute disarray. And trying to lock in exact years took me so much work. It was just absolutely ridiculous. And to make matters worse, one of the base numbers that they used to start the Roman calendar, which is completely thrown into disarray as well. Try doing your work lining up chronologies when events are happening on the Roman calendar, and good luck with that. Well, their starting date is locked into a war that happened between the Greeks and the Persians, and if that date is wrong, well, guess what? It throws the rest of that calendar into disarray. So the jumbling of time, that's a bit of an understatement. And it's just the correcting of chronology. There's a lot of people working on this stuff out there, folks. You know, obviously, we know of David Rose's work, and there is actually other people that are working with chronologies in other nations. For instance, China is one that's been worked on, and I believe there's been some work that's been done on India. I've got a couple of different books I've looked at here briefly that uh, tries to tie up some of the Mess ups within the chronologies, there. Um, you know, and this just goes on and on. You know, Matthew, I something kept coming to mind here. Uh, when we were talking about events during this week, and I think it is important to point out that we had the uh meeting between Netanyahu and uh Trump this week, and All of a sudden, thrown into the mix, the discussion has turned into the direction of there no longer being on the table the two-state solution, and this has got Palestine completely, completely uh, ticked off right now, and this is definitely bringing Israel into a spot of contention as we speak, because things are going to start flaring up um, monumentally, be it, you know, either more resolutions being passed through the U.N., and you know, UNESCO or just flat out and complete attacks being launched on a very heavy scale against Israel. We've had Hezbollah has been flaring up. I believe Hamas has. We've had attacks that came out of Egypt from ISIS last week. And it just makes you wonder where this um, little move made here in the United States is going to lead things. And Kind of to stop and point something out, you know, something peculiar had come to my mind. Thinking about Netanyahu coming to meet with Trump, some reason my mind went back to Hezekiah again after the 10 steps of Ahaz, as the sun moves 10 steps on basically, well, of time. And lo and behold, the king of babylon shows up he shows him his treasury some reason my mind kept spinning around to that little meeting here this week in the united states because i guarantee they discussed on top of it they had to have discussed the moving of the embassy into jerusalem and i have yet to see anything mentioned on that it doesn't mean that there's been new news stories i just haven't seen them yet
2: Well,
0: I know this, Brian. This is what I know. That everybody gets so mad about, you know, let's just look at last year. We gave the Israeli government a $38 billion military aid package, okay? But they don't realize that this is just money laundering. That's all it is. You see, ladies and gentlemen, let's just talk about the F-35 fighter jet. They took that money that we gave them, and they turned around and spent it on Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning IIs. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just one of these... Fighter aircraft costs up to $121 million a piece. Just a piece. You have to realize what's involved here. Okay? Because this is the mainstay fighter for the Israeli Air Force. I mean, Ladies and gentlemen, just in you know, 2011, they bought 19 of them. So they took your money that your government gave them and turned around and gave it back to the elite of this country. Ladies and gentlemen, that makes them a vassal state, don't you understand? you're talking about exactly what happened concerning the Maccabees. What happened concerning the next temple destruction in 70 AD. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, the UN issuing uh, this statement no more Israeli settlements the Israeli government turns right around and passes a massive amount of other ones ladies and gentlemen can't you put two and two together you know is anybody aware that I posted the article plainly stating that what the Trump effect included was the president of this nation, and Benjamin Netanyahu, certainly discussing a two-state solution. But that two-state solution really wasn't going to be in Israel. They were going to relocate the Palestinians to the Sinai. Of course, the Jews turn around and, oh, they ramped up the settlements. There's only one way to stop them, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to have to go in there and start destroying the Jewish settlements that the UN declares to be and have declared already to be illegal. You are aware of what the American standard is, right? Right? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you all wanted this POTUS, didn't you? No atheists are going to listen to this program. I know that all of you wanted the current president of the United States to be exactly who it is. And I'm afraid that we're going to become just like Israel did when they cried out for a king. And God certainly obliged them and he took King Saul that stood ahead above the rest and shoved them down their throat. You know, it's funny how Lockheed Martin certainly don't complain about the $38 billion military aid package that we give to Israel in 2016. I mean, they also spent that money to the other bankers that ran our system. Me and Brian has told you about. This super attack sub, the Dolphin class, that has no less than 10 forward firing torpedo tubes that came directly from Germany. You know, it makes me think of Brian telling me just last week or something that Germany's got their gold back. Oh, I tremble at the thought as to why the Assyrian would allow that. You know, I just... My mind is a little bit overwhelmed with all this information. Obviously, I didn't take the time to even consider the biblical mechanics involved with this prophecy that I missed. Ladies and gentlemen how could I have missed? Ladies and gentlemen, when I was a child I wrote Jeremiah chapter 15 in Hebrew and in Greek. I had to write it. And I had to explain to me, my Sunday school teacher, Brother Webster, not what it said, what it meant. He wanted to know what God meant. He didn't care what the translation was. How could I miss Jeremiah chapter fifteen, verse nine was talking about the Metatonic cycle? Of course, that's just one of the layers of that particular verse. Of course, she was speaking about a real event. That actually did happen. We're down to 11 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Brian, you just sent me a link, and I want you to cover it. I'm not even going to open it. I know it's going to say exactly what my gut says it's going to say. So, Brian, jump back in here. What's this article all about?
1: Well, as I stated, I had not heard anything mentioned during that meeting, but this was just released uh, 10 hours ago. This new story here. Wait a minute. Okay, something's wrong here because it was not released 10 hours ago this uh it must have been updated 10 hours ago uh reportedly plan on moving the embassy and has already been uh let's see here yeah moving the embassy to israel from tel aviv CNN cited Israeli officials speculating the move could be announced as early as May 24th on the Israeli holiday, Jerusalem Day, that marks the reunification of the capital in the 1967 Six-Day War. So I'm not certain why they updated this within the last 10 hours, unless and and that's what I'm looking for right now. We've got a noncommittal on the move. Six hours ago, Palestinians seeing U.S. reconsidering Israeli embassy move. Okay, Jerusalem post 21 hours ago, U.S. in beginning stages of talks to move U.S. embassy to Jerusalem.
0: I definitely see this in this article you sent me. CNN cited an unnamed Israeli official as speculating that the move would be announced as early as May 24th on the Israeli yep. holiday Jerusalem Day that marks the yep. reunification of the capital in the 1967 Six-Day War. That's what I see.
1: Uh, yeah, a jubilee. But, yeah, I am finding other stories here uh, that are pointing about this uh, move here. I pulled up one. The headline here is Trump pledges to move U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. It was released today. Let's see. What else do we got here? Palestinians see U.S. reconsidering Israeli uh, embassy pledge, says PLO official. White House, U.S. in beginning stages of talks to move U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Now, that one was written on the 22nd of January, but again, it was updated within the last few hours. So a lot of these older articles on top of it are being updated now. So something tells me that this was put on the table during those talks between uh, Trump and Netanyahu this week. Yep, I agree.
0: I'm seeing the same thing. You can't determine which one was just updated today or the ones that actually were released today. I'm having a hard time getting a handle on that myself. Um, But, you know, Sputnik International says it right because – I'm just going to share it because the Google search says here – this was 19 hours ago – that – This is the headline, Israel is moving rapidly towards apartheid state. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I wish I knew the ramifications of that statement. Because apartheid is, of course a policy or system of segregation and or discrimination on grounds of race. Ladies and gentlemen, the world cannot allow this to happen. They just can't. The Palestinians are citizens of Jordan. Why would Netanyahu and Trump get together and talk about creating a place for them in the Sinai? That's Egyptian territory. The UN loudly proclaims the Jewish settlements in said territory to be illegal. The Israeli government loudly shouted back that we will build our settlements wherever we want. This is going no place fun, to say the least. Keep your eyes on the Promised Land because this is exactly why the craftsmen are designated as such in the very first chapter of Zechariah, ladies and gentlemen. Those craftsmen are sent out for this very reason. Those are the four writers of the book of Revelation. They are. And maybe there's information there that is a little bit more pertinent than you may realize. You know, Let's end this episode like this. Zechariah chapter 1 and the 7th verse. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month Shabbat, the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord, came to Zechariah the prophet, the son of Bacariah, the son of Edu, as follows. I saw at night, behold, a man was riding on a red horse and he was standing among the myrtle trees which were in the ravine with red sorrel and white horses behind him. Then I said, what are these? The angel who was speaking with me said to me, I will show you what these are. The man who was standing among the myrtle trees answered and said, these are those whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. So they answered the angel of the Lord, who was standing among the myrtle trees, and said, We have patrolled the earth. Behold, all the earth is peaceful and quiet. The angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you have compassion for Jerusalem and for the cities of Judah, which you have been indignant these seventy years? The Lord answered the angel who was speaking with me with gracious words, comforting words. So the angel who was speaking with me said to me, Proclaim, thus says the Lord of hosts, I am exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and Zion, but I am very angry with the nations who are at ease. For while I, I was only a little angry, they furthered the disaster. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I will return to Jerusalem with compassion. My house will be built in it, declares the Lord of hosts. And the measuring line will be stretched over Jerusalem again, proclaimed saying, thus says the Lord of hosts. My cities will again overflow with prosperity. And the Lord will again comfort Zion and again choose Jerusalem. Then I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold there were four horns so I said to the angel who was speaking with me what are these and he answered me these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel and Jerusalem then the Lord showed me four craftsmen, what are these coming to do and he said these are the horns which have scattered Judah so that no man lifts up his head but these craftsmen have come to terrify them to throw down the horns of the nations who have lifted up their horns against the land of Judah in order to scatter it. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll take note of the angels' question to the Lord God of hosts. You'll take note of the teporeal secular. Included in that question. Then the angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you have no compassion for Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, which you have been indignant these 70 years? Ladies and gentlemen, I strongly suggest you take a look at that blog post that I mentioned because. I just mentioned to you the temporal secular of 70 years that will terminate this year because on the November 29th of 2017 is the 70 year anniversary of the United Nations vote to establish the promised land. Ladies and gentlemen what was just described is exactly what was described And Zechariah, the very first chapter. So with that in mind, we're down to 30 seconds. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless, Godspeed. Brian, say your goodbyes, please.
1: All right, thanks for everyone joining us. God bless.